Welcome into the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gorez. And we are excited to be back for another week. We have some really cool guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, but just Chris and I today before he heads off to Chicago. So by the time everybody hears this, hears this ironically, Chris, you'll be back from Chicago That's right. for yet another Vertimax training. Where, is this on the mark again? Uh, yeah. So well, I'll catch up with M. Hutchins. I'll also catch up with our good friend Megan Young. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a quick, it's a quick in and out as, as a lot of these things typically are like I'll, I'll fly in tonight, fly back tomorrow night. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And it's, it's kind of exciting to get back into the travel realm of things. I think, uh, you know, obviously with, with COVID everything changed and, and I've been digging deep into my clients and, and I've been able to work with them one-on-one for quite a bit now and do some things that I don't normally get a chance to do because of travel, but I'm excited to get back out there and um, get on the road again. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to start traveling again soon. Uh, I have now reached my full inoculation point, uh, so two weeks oh, nice. post-vaccine, so that's exciting. Uh, but are, are you used to traveling with like the double mask and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wear my mask, obviously. I've got, I've got the N95 mask and I've got a bunch of backups and stuff, so that's the... That's the thing that, like, traveling nowadays, it's like, all right, do I have a backup iPhone charger? Now it's like, do I have three <laughs> backup masks? Because they always snap and stuff. So I've yeah. got that, and then I've got the gator thing that I wear just in case, like, I'm I'm down to nothing, and I, all I have is the gator. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't bother me. Like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I like to get on the plane and put my hoodie on and just fall asleep anyway. Um, yeah. Although this is a pretty short ride to to Chicago, I love going back because you, you you get that hour back when you go to Chicago. So it's like I left at noon, I got here at one. It was a two hour flight. I love, I love that. The, I remember when I went from when I went right. from Indianapolis to Chicago. I got there fifteen minutes earlier before I left. So right, like it was awesome. nothing. I did nothing it. quite I, beats the time travel, but yeah. uh, <laughs> Richmond's a little far for for time travel. Right. Um, so today uh, on the show, we're going to talk about. The uh, the supernova that is the Super League, it just a black hole in the atmosphere that no longer <laughs> right. exists, and uh, and then kind of what it means for training and why uh, it actually reminds Chris of something that is going on in youth soccer here in America. Um, but I, I spent a little bit of time on this on the radio this week uh, with with Amid or uh, Ahmed Farid from NBC Sports coverage of the Premier League, and um, he did a really good job contextualizing it. If anybody wants to listen to that, it's on the Overtime feed uh, at thefandc.com on, on the podcast, or just search Overtime uh, in any of the the podcast apps. Since clearly, if you're hearing uh, our voices right now, you're a podcast listener. Um, right. But uh, you know it. It was kind of wild to me to see this thing play out because normally like news like this leaks and then people get super mad and then they adjust and eventually they launch and it's better. And instead they just launched and they launched and it in instantly everything went wrong. And that was the kind of thing that like was stunning to me was the arrogance with which this all happened. Um, yeah, I, I think that the talks have been going on for a long time. It seems like it just launched, but they they had been talking about this for quite a bit. And um, the arrogance—I don't know if I want to call it arrogance, but it's just the kind of American way, right? Like, <laughs> oh, it's arrogance it, is the American way. It, yeah, I guess so. Because because it was a lot of the American owners of some of these big um, European clubs that said, "Hey, what if we what if we did a league where?" 
we could guarantee that the top leagues, uh, the top teams in the world are playing each other every single year and get more revenue from from a business perspective. It makes sense. Look, like let's be honest. If if the big wigs in college football decided to to like create their own league, a lot of people here in this country would support that. Like if we just said, "Hey, we're going to take the SEC and we're going to take Notre Dame and we're going to take Clemson and we're going to and we're going to form our own league where we're going to we're going to pay these players which like I know I know these talks have happened. Like people would support that here in this country, but it's different <laughs> over in Europe. Like well, there's a lot a lot more point, history. I, What's that? I, I don't I think they'd support it to a point. Like there's some people who'd be like, "No, we can't like Alabama was in." They'd be like, "No, we have to like we got to play Ar- or Arkansas every year. We got to be in the SEC." Like the traditional I don't think that they would well, I guess th- there would be some for sure, but like, and you do also was... have the the added thing of like, oh, we're gonna pay the players. Like that'd be a little bit different, but yeah. like actually, Ahmed used the the corollary of the NCAA tournament, right? And that was great because the NCAA tournament has so much tradition, and so many people have so many fond memories of it. And if every year Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, you know, Michigan State, Kansas, were like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like we'll play in the ACC, the Big Ten, whatever. And then at the end of the season, like we're not going to the NCAA tournament, we're gonna go do our own thing. People would be pissed, and that's kind of what they were essentially doing. Is like, yeah, we want we want it all. Like we want to play in our domestic leagues, be able to rake in the money and do even better there, while being in a league that we're guaranteed a spot in, no matter how well or poorly we do. And obviously, is is. Uh, he said that flies so in the face of the model of of how it is over there because of relegation and because the right. leagues are set up differently that fans had an absolute fit and he made the point that I, I thought was great which is they expected people to be mad like other fan bases to be mad like if you're of not course. one of the 12 teams or ultimately right. 15 or 20 whatever it was going to be right um, but they didn't expect their own fans to be mad and like chelsea fans rioted <laughs> so oh, all of them and, do like look, and, like these yeah. soccer fans are crazy this is this is all they have right so like if we took away the nfl if we took away uh the nba if we took away Major League Baseball, if we took away hockey and just said we're only going to have one sport and each city has, you know, the, their team, that that's what this would be. I mean, this is this is life to these guys. This isn't just a business, right? Like here, sports are run as a business and people kind of follow along, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, the NFL is going to change their policies so that we all have to buy this. Let's all buy this, right? Like it's weird. The NFL is the most inelastic product maybe ever in the history of anything right <laughs> like they can just do whatever they want people are still gonna watch like people say oh i'm gonna boycott the nfl because of this of whatever reason whatever reason you want to come up with for the last 10 years because they've given you many but the nfl is doing well like they're they still have massive tv deals everybody still watches everybody still latches on mm-hmm. yeah you know? So what is it about this Super League that now, uh, as of this point, is officially uh, – like the the thought or the plans are put on hold, I think is the, the terminology they use. <laughs> yeah, right. you think so. And like you said, this is something that's been tossed around forever, which is why I think nobody took it seriously. And then they announced it. And it was like, whoa, whoa you guys are actually going to try to do this? Uh, not anymore. It lasted about three days. Yeah, what I is think- it, though – or go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, I think like when you look at the Super League, what they were going to do is they were going to create this league where it was the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So what happens to the Leicester cities of the world or the Crystal Palaces of the world or the, or the, the clubs there there that are like 
Queens Park and Rangers and all these that are not super teams, but you know they they live off of you know finding the the diamond in the rough, right? Like a like a sporting Lisbon who where that's where Ronaldo came from. Ronaldo didn't start out at Manchester United; he started at Sporting Lisbon. So what happens to clubs like that? And that's essentially what we've done with youth soccer here in America. Like if you don't play for the ECNL team in your region, or if you don't play for the DA team, which what well, used to be the DA, and then it folded because they couldn't make enough money, right? Like mm-hmm. that was that's what happened to youth sports. So it, like youth sports, especially youth soccer here in America, it's pay to play. It's only the rich kids that have the opportunity to go in and and make a name for themselves. Especially when you look on the girl side, it's really like um, it's really disturbing because. There are plenty of girls who are out there who maybe don't have the funds and don't have the money, but they're talented and they love the game, but they're going to get washed out by whoever has deeper pockets, right? And that, and that's what happened. Like, if if so-and-so's daughter didn't make their ECNL team or didn't make the, the club team that was travel back in the day, all right, well, we're going to start our own league and we're going to start our own thing and we're going to get the best. Like, So, like, it, when you look at ECNL, when you look at DA – like that's or GA now whatever it's called like it's it's kind of in that that realm and it's 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 a little bit filthy and everybody knows it everybody that's in there like kind of knows it like these these club directors are making money hand over fist like extorting these these young girls and these young families for money basically and it's like it's it's pretty disgusting so like if if Europeans found out how Youth soccer is made here. Uh, how the youth soccer is run here in America, um, I think they'd be even more disgusted with that than they would be with the Super League. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, and look, let's be honest. We play a role in that, right? We're we're a premium product, like the, yeah, the personal sure. trainer. And how many soccer players do we train? And it's not just like the ones that you've worked with or that I've worked with coming off of an injury that like really could benefit from that. It's the healthy right. one who's just trying to like, oh, this is you know how many times you've been told by parent, oh, this is her big year. This is his big year. Yeah, uh, you know we got. It's I'll be honest. I don't. Year, I don't train any of those. Up. I don't train any of those. All, all of the ones that I work with are coming off of an injury. Right. Right. Or, or like related to that. Like that's like um, whether it's like I, I train, for instance, a young girl named Mason Nelson. Right. But mm-hmm. she's coming off of ACL. And then I started training her younger sister, Chloe, because, hey, like this is a thing that, that we buys into and it becomes something else. But that's not what it was. That's not what it was for. Right. That's not right. how it originally started. Um, it started as, hey, like um, – I've got some injury stuff that I'm dealing with. Like I need, to, I need to get this right. Okay, that's how they found out about me, and then that's where the referrals come from. Um, and, and yeah, I, I admit, like our company lives in it, and that's why yeah. I know. That's like, how I live I, in it. That's how I know it. Like I, I, I'm telling you about it because I'm in it, and, and I yeah. don't like it. And there are plenty of times where I think I've even said here on this podcast that like there are plenty of people who can't afford my training that I train anyway. And I'm saying, Hey, look, pay me when you can pay me. Don't worry about it. Like I know what it's like to have a daughter, to feel helpless about this injury, to want to, to do the right thing, to make sure that they get the right care, not just the care that, um, insurance is willing to pay for. Right. So like, let's just do whatever it takes to get this person. Right. 
and then and then we'll we'll worry about the money later and i never i never ask for it i'm i'm notoriously bad at asking for money yeah well i'm notoriously bad for that as your business partner i can uh or as one of your business yes. partners <laughs> gooch and i gooch and i can go to couples therapy for that um <laughs> <laughs> so uh so like i try to i try to play that uh, i i know that we're in it and I know that there are people who are willing to pay for it. And then I know that there are w- people who are looking for it who can't afford it. So, you know, that's – I try to do both. I, yeah. I, try to, I try to appease everybody. And that's that's incredible. And, and you should be applauded for that. I will fully admit that, like, I have people that are like, I want to go D1. I think that this could put me over the edge. And so – I'm going to like, I want to train or I want my son or daughter to, to train. Right. And I, I'm like, okay. How, and even that, like, like even, even like, let's just, let's just, whew, this is a lot. And maybe I even shouldn't be saying all this, but like, even when you go into like the D one soccer, like division one scholarships or division one soccer, I'm just going to talk about girls soccer, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of girls I think that if you took a lot of the D1 teams and you just shuffled the coaches and said, hey, you're going to coach this team instead and th- and you are going to go coach this team instead, all of those coaches would go to those rosters and be like, holy crap, how did you recruit this girl? This girl doesn't belong on the field. There are so many girls in D1 soccer that don't deserve to be on a field. Um, wow. and, they're, and they're there because they pay that school money to go there. It's not like in football and, 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 and basketball where we're going to give you a full ride to come here and you're going to play at Duke or you're going to play football at Alabama. That's not it. We're going to give you $10,000 to come, but you still got to pay $40,000 a year to go there. Let's not sit here and pretend like these ECNL directors are doing everybody such a great favor because I got into that school. Yeah, of course you got into that school because on the back end, that school went to that ECNL director and said, hey, who do you have that's willing to pay me $40,000 a year? Right. Like let's right. not let's not sit here and pretend like that doesn't happen. It does. I know it happens because I've seen these conversations. I've heard these conversations. We have a we have a a camp that we do every year where um this isn't soccer. This is a different sport, but we have D1, D2, D3 coaches that come in and they recruit from this camp and they say, "Hey, who are your kids that can come and pay?" They don't care about the talent. They don't care if they can play they just say hey who can pay because we'll recruit the kids who can pay like that that's what happens here and and it's turned training into something that i never wanted it to be like it's become about uh can i get into a school can i do this you know what i mean and it's like all right well you're the paying customer so i got to give you what you're asking for but like this is this feels weird you know Right, it becomes very transactional, and it is one that's well, not what we're about. And then also, like on the, it, it just goes to point the absolute hypocrisy, the absolute hypocrisy and ridiculousness of amateurism in college sports. Because the oh, only people God. that are amateurs are the players themselves. Oh, the, players. the only reason they're amateurs is so that they can make extra money off of them by not paying them. Right, right. And we'll talk about this on the on the back end after we get after we go to break. But like, it's it's turned training into something else. Right, it's turned it's turned competition into something else.
The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee, who reminds you that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Super Coffee's mission is to spread positive energy, not only through their coffee, but through everything they do. They love to tell and share positive stories. They invest in people who are doing good in their communities, and they aren't afraid to break barriers, like having conversations about mental health. Mental Health Awareness Month is really about breaking the stigma of talking about mental health. It's our health. We should talk about it on our terms in the same way as we do our physical health. When we need help, we should get it. It's health, and that's kind of the entire point. Sometimes it's the little things that can make the biggest difference. So now that the weather has turned, grab a super coffee, including the brand new blueberry latte, which is back in stock. Get out there and be a part of the positive energy exchange. Give what you got or get what you need. Either way, do it with a super coffee. 25% off using our code TWTB, as in train with the best, TWTB, at drinksupercoffee.com, all from Key2 Life Incorporated, who reminds you that if you can change your energy, you can change the world. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus and their brand new Omega-3 supplement. Yes, the line of amazing products from Momentus is growing. I just got mine in and I'm really excited to try it. So there are four main benefits from Omega-3s, heart health, inflammation reduction, brain health, and bone and joint health. Your omega-3 supplement from Momentus has some of the triglycerides and other fatty acids that you're not going to be able to get in your regular diet. And of course, it's produced in a way that's sustainable and they're molecularly distilled. Yeah, get your other stuff that's molecularly distilled. And that what does that do? It ensures purity, removes metals, pesticides, other possible contaminants, so that each and every batch is NSF certified for sport. Now, You've got your subscription order going, or maybe you don't, in which case, boy, do I have a, a good thing for you. You can go to livemomentous.com. You use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST25. Set up your subscription order, or if you've already got it and you use the code, then you already know what's about to happen here. First order, 25% off, or 15% on all concurrent orders. So just you know, try to add to that subscription order, and uh, hopefully you can still get that 15% off. So go to livemomentous.com, use the code train with the best 25 because if you're going to train with the best, you better recover with the best. And that now includes omega-3s. That's why we choose Momentous. Three games down, one to go in the NWSL Challenge Cup, and we got a fresh episode of Catch the Spirit for you this week. Set to catch up with goalkeeper and newly re-signed stud Aubrey Bledsoe. She's been awesome these first three games of the Challenge Cup, and her, as well as Andy Sullivan and Emily Sonnet, just re-signed long-term deals with the club. So we'll talk with Aubs, one of the captains, about it all on this week's edition of Catch the Spirit, a production of Train with the Best Media, and you can find it anywhere you find this very podcast. Picking up where we left off, so... We see what finances and uh, greed and, uh, if you want to spin it positively, ambition uh, have done to training. Right. You know, cont- continue the, the thread that you were on. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't want to go into that huge rabbit hole because we can be in there and it's probably more appropriate for another podcast about how professional sports works. But, like, when we talk about what has happened to youth sports is, like, the youth sports clubs have now become all about what it, it, it's about something that wasn't 
at least what, what I grew up with, it wasn't the same thing. It was it, it's not a meritocracy anymore. It's not about the best kids. It's just about the kids that that can pay, right? Um, and and there with with that, like, there's a lot of investment made into guys like me that they want to get their kids stronger and faster and this and that. And it's like, hey, we're willing to invest this amount of dollars into getting our kids more prepared or, or more athletic or whatever. And there are some that 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 I work with that I know love the game, right? Like I, I try to I try to train kids that actually want to be good at soccer. And then and then you see kids and it's not just soccer. I shouldn't just say soccer. It, it's happening in, in every single sport. There then there are kids that just don't buy into it. They're just like, yeah, my, my parents are making me do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 you see it in their training sessions, you see it all the way around. And what's really happened with, with, with training is like it they've become so robotic about it. Like every everything is produced. There's nothing natural about it anymore. There's nothing like creative about it anymore. Everything is, is fixed and produced and you do what the coaches say and everything is structured and then you take away that structure and it's like, Oh well I I couldn't do this because I wasn't prepared to do this. Like, no, that's not how sports works. Like, yes, you prepare for it, but then there are things that you can't prepare for. And in that moment, you got to be a player. And you can see it like when they get to those moments, it's like, oh, what do I do? I, I haven't prepared for this. I'll use my own daughter as an example because I don't want to talk about other people's kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And I talk about Mila like going to the next level in softball. Like you can't be somebody that is thinking about the things that you need to work on while you're in a game. Right. Like you're in a game, play the game. When you're when you're at the batter's box, just hit. Don't think about, oh, I need to work on hitting inside balls. I need to hit I need to work on like staying back on a change up or all that. No, just just play. And you can see it in her face. Like she's thinking about, ooh, like I can't wait to go work on this. Like, all right, I admire that. That's a good thing that you enjoy the process. But you also have to play and be a player. Like it doesn't matter if you were never prepared for this. Like go out there and play. Like when I was a kid, we just played everything, and it didn't matter. Like if it didn't matter if I didn't take hitting lessons or throwing lessons or pitching lessons. Like if if I was called on to pitch, fuck it, let's go. Give me the ball. <laughs> like I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, I haven't prepared for this. Like, and maybe that's my mentality, but like. I feel like that mentality isn't there with a, with a lot of these kids. It's like, oh well, I've I've got to train for this first. Like, what? No, right. just just pick up the ball and play. I um I, I mentioned it on the pod before, but I've been incrementally uh, reading the inner game of tennis, and yep. I actually was reading a chapter that talked about this exact thing last night about how if you just let your kind of your subconscious, they call it self two. Self one is like your analytical self. Self two is your, your natural physical self. Yes. Just like let self two happen. Like you yep. can observe, you can take notes, but at the end of the day, when it comes time to perform, you need to just go. And yeah. the way to achieve that is through focus, which is the chapter that I started last night. And I guess uh, we'll be talking about at some point later on the podcast because I haven't read it yet. But, you know, he talks about uh, the author talks about, for instance, like, okay, how do you how do you focus your brain? Because if if your idea of focus is I've got to work on this, this is my weakness, this is my strength. And you're you're analyzing your own performance. 
you're never going to succeed. Right. But if you're like, all right, I'm going to focus to use tennis on, I'm going to focus on the rotation of the ball. You get so focused on the rotation of the ball, or they talk about the bounce hit method, where he has players that every time the ball hits the court, you say bounce. Every time the ball hits a racket, you say hit. And so you wind right. up focusing on that and not thinking about, is my racket low enough? Am I following through in the right plane? Yeah. Like you, you, All that other stuff melts away. So find the thing that you actually need to focus on, and that is going to help you perform at your highest level versus trying to overthink the actual techniques, soaking the fun out of it, and, and ultimately hurting your performance. Yeah. And, and I think that, like, um, again, like, people like me are a part of this because, you know, people see some of the things that I do or they look at amazing trainers online and they look at the things that they do, but they don't see everything. They see a snippet of what they think is cool and then they start using that and they think they, they make an entire workout off of it. And then they progress in a way that was way off of where we were progressing that day, right? right. Um, a good friend of mine, Drew Hanlon, who I spoke with yesterday, who, who will get on the show uh, very soon, like he blends everything back into the game. Like, all right, we're going to work on this skill. We're going to break down this skill. We're going to work on this skill. But then we're going to play the game. You can't just work on a skill and pretend like that skill happens in a vacuum. You know what right. I mean? You still got to be able to play the game. So people don't see that. People don't see the things that all right, we we're doing this, but this is where we go with this. You know, and yeah, I, I admit that like I'm part of this, and that's why I also want to be aware of it so that I can help people understand that like, look, this is what we're doing to kids. Like kids are now going out there, and they're not playing the sport as much as they're trying to show off what they worked on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely. like, oh, I worked on this. Look at this is what I worked on. Like, no, no, no. You still got to play the game. I was, again, using my daughter as an example. Like, I was telling her, like, I played baseball one year because it wasn't my sport. It was way too slow for me. Like, I, I enjoyed football. I enjoyed basketball. Um, I played outfield because I was super fast and I could steal bases. I didn't enjoy hitting because I didn't like the concept that this ball was coming at me. And if it right. hit me, like I just had to like walk to base and I couldn't do anything about it. It was not like in football where, hey, you hit me. I get it. But I get to hit you back because I'm going to play defense when you get the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was very different as a kid. So in seventh grade, I was an outfielder. I was a pretty good pitcher because at this point, I was still a quarterback. right? So I had a decent arm. I wanted to pitch, but we had some eighth graders who – were also decent pitchers. It wasn't like uh, there wasn't a huge difference between me and them. So the coach decided that they were going to pitch because they're in eighth grade and they should get the chance. They deserve it. Okay, cool. I'll go play outfield and, you know, I'll do my thing out there. Well, one game we were up. I don't, I don't know how many runs. It was against St. Catharines. Um, I, I remember it clearly because it's in the final inning and now St. Catharines is making a run. Our starting pitcher is already out. Our backup pitcher is already out. Our third pitcher is in the game, and he's rattled. He's rattled because, like, he's he's let up a bunch of runs. He's walked, like, two or three batters already. He's already walked somebody in, and now now our, our lead has is gone. We've only got, like, a one-run lead. Coach looks at me. I'm in the outfield. He's like, you want to pitch? I said, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't practice. I didn't do any of that. Like, just give me the ball. Let's go, right? Got on the mound, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Three strikeouts, let's go. I win the game. Never pitched again because like they were like, all right, you got to go back out to the outfield. I was like, man, 
forget it. I'm just playing football. But <laughs> like I, I'm saying that because like I don't see that from my daughter because she thinks that it's all about like what what she's been working on. Like, oh well, I don't want to tell the coach that I can play outfield because I haven't worked on outfield in a while. Like, no, girl. Like, you're an <laughs> athlete. Go out there and play wherever they put you. If they if they tell you to pitch, go out there and pitch. Who cares if you've never worked on it, right? Yes, there's a time to work on things. I'm not saying that we don't train for these things. But what I'm saying is like what you're talking about, you have to let self too sometimes take over and be like, hey, I'm in this moment. I just got to win. It doesn't matter right. if it's ugly or pretty or if it's textbook or like something that I'm going to look on and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, look, that person has great form. No, just just win. Get the strikeouts and get the game. Like that's what you got to be as an athlete, as a competitor. And we're losing a little bit of that because of the way that youth sports has been structured. And I hate it. Yeah. Two things to wrap up. One, um, my favorite thing about working with the Spirit last year was talking to some of the players, and, and in particular, Tori Huster, um, because she had been in the league for a decade and, and just has this knowledge and this perspective that a lot of other players just didn't have because it was right. such a young team. And Tori, again this year, is now playing a different position. She's fluctuated between midfield. She's played right. up top some of her career. She was incredible uh, as an outside back the last two years. And now she's back in the midfield again um, with Kelly O'Hara and, and Emily Sonic coming to the team. And I talked to her about it in the preseason on, on the Catch the Spirit pod. And I was like, you know, do you have a preference? And she's like, no. There's two positions. There's on the field and off the field. Right. And, and I want to be on the field and she still is. And she's incredible and, and such a good player still. Um, and why? Because she just makes sure that she's ready to be on the field. That's her right. practice. Be on the field. The other thing I'll say uh, to, to kind of put a little bit more positive spin on, on working with youth athletes in general, though, uh, is it, it doesn't have like we're still in control for the hour. Like, right. And what, no matter what got them there, no matter what, what purpose their parents might have, what, what purpose they have, like we can still try to make it fun. And, right. and I've worked with, with youth athletes who knew that they weren't going right, of course. D1 or whatever. And like they're just high school kids who par whose parents have enough money and they go to the gym and their parents want them to learn how to work out properly. Or, you know, to not get – like we can help uh, an athlete who doesn't have any kind of – or collegiate or professional future move better and not get hurt and so there it's not like what we we should be so principled that we don't help people and I, obviously you're not saying that i'm just i'm just reinforcing right. that point because while yeah there's a lot of uh well yeah fuckery <laughs> there's a lot of fuckery <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah. in, this, in this there's also still the same opportunity that we have with any other client to do good to help people to make them move better to make them more injury resilient to make them stronger faster and if that works out that they get a scholarship even if their parents are also paying forty thousand dollars then so be it you can obviously make the choice to work with a client or not based off their circumstances and what you think of them and and you know maybe their family uh, if it's a youth athlete but there also is such a chance to do good and and that should yeah. stop you just make sure you have the perspective and, and clear eyes going in of what you can do what you're capable of and and how that matches what what they ultimately think they'll be getting out of it Absolutely. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about this is because we do have such a great impact. We do have such potential for a great impact that we can take a kid like this and we can we can make it fun and we can make it 
uh, about something that maybe it wasn't originally intended to to be, right? Or or maybe they came in here for one reason, but now it's about be able being able to be the best versions of themselves and move better and all those other things, right? And like we always talk about, it's not really we're not really like sports performance coaches. We're helping this person be the best version of themselves, whatever that may be, through sports and through like the lessons that they learn of overcoming an injury or mm-hmm. uh, achieving something that they didn't think that they could achieve before, whether it was like I couldn't do a pull-up and now I can do five. I couldn't deadlift 100 pounds, now I can deadlift 200. I couldn't do a push-up, now I can do 10, right? Like those are things that we're bringing to these kids and that's that's where we can have an impact and that's why I think that it's important to be aware of what of what the climate is, where, where we are in the climate of youth sports and, and some of these kids that come into us and the impact that we can have not just on the field but off the field and, and what's changing their mentality and, and helping them helping them grow as people. Without question. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. Chris, you have a flight to catch, th- sir. That's uh, right. Off to Chicago. You go tell M and Meg I say hello. Uh, always great to chat with them, and, and uh, I know you'll have a great time. Uh, in the meantime, you want more from us, follow on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman, at Trainer Gorez. Link in both of our bios to the Train Heroic Programming. You you, you programmed, right? You got, yeah. you got time to do that this weekend? Maybe that's what you. you do on the plane instead of... That's uh, it instead of sleeping uh so chris has got the programming for the next three weeks uh so go to the train heroic app search train with the best use the code pod pod for 20 percent off your monthly training uh for chris i'm craig and we'll see you next time right back right here on the train with the best podcast